Left. Right. All right, coming at you back from Manhattan. Today's topic of the podcast is the difference between city living and country living. A little long-winded, in my opinion, on our parts. Hear us out. Uh, I made some major changes in my life. I'm going to share some of the details. Um, and that's coming from somebody who's been in New York City and in Manhattan for the greater portion of the last decade. So uh, big changes. Let me know what you think in the comments. Looking forward to uh, hearing what you got to say. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Episode 55 of Sip Talk. I'm coming at you from the countryside of New Jersey, which is kind of our topic right now. Um, James, the Bosnia Boswell, coming at you live from Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm in an echoey room. Do I sound echoey to you? You do. I definitely sound echoey to myself. Um, I'm in this new house in New Jersey, freshly wired up with Wi Fi. And I'm in an empty room, effectively. There's a desk. Where exactly in New Jersey are you? Uh, it's Bridgewater, New Jersey. Really nice. Right. Um, last night, I uh, it's it's 40 minutes door to door from my office. I drove it this week. It's uh, not bad. So, but big life changes. I'm gonna pour a drink, a strong one. Get into it in just a second. Um, what are you drinking down there? Uh, I'm going with the uh, Milwaukee's best ice. I've been. I kind of been hitting it a little bit harder off stream this these last couple of days. So tonight is like I, I I had pizza and then home team barbecue as my meals for today. So the heartburn's already kicking in, and couple that with like four or five nights of drinking, two of which were moderate to heavy. Um, yeah, I, I need to I need to tail it back a touch. Yeah, we're gonna Milwaukee's best. I'm gonna make a Cuba Libre um, and a what? Your Cuba Libre. Ah. Uh, um, Whenever I hear that, I think of the scene in uh, from Cocktail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cuba Libre, for anybody listening, is a rum and coke, basically. I'm going to throw in some bitters and, like, a little splash of bitters, very light. Um, you want to explain the scene from Cocktail for the people who haven't seen the movie? A scene from Cocktail, Tom Cruise, starts, he's looking for a job in Manhattan, gets a job in New York City. Uh, well, he, he, he actually w- wanders into an Irish pub, which actually is uh, Fridays in Times Square, oddly. Now, I don't know, it probably was back then. W- wanders into an Irish pub and gets hired. Uh, I don't even think he was a bar back. I think he was kind of straight to bartender. And, yeah, uh, well, that, that's the first unrealistic thing in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Either way, he's fielding orders on a busy Friday, Saturday. And it's like his first night working. Yeah, he's never bartended before. He figures he'll figure it out and fly, you know. Spend enough time at bars, you figure you could figure things out. But there's some complex drinks, and there's also some drinks with crazy names. A Cuba Libre, not a crazy name, not a complex drink. Relatively common, but it is just a rum and coke. A lot of people order rum and coke. But either way, somebody orders this, this thing from him, and he's... The saying, lady goes up and she says, hey, can I have a Cuba Libre? And he's like, what? 
She says, a Cuba Libre. He says, look, I don't know what that is. And she says, it's a rum and coke. And he says, well, why did you just say that? He also called her a fish, too. Uh, I don't remember that part, but sure. But great movie. One of my favorites. I always wanted to get that Cocktails and Dreams neon light. Um, all right. Almost done with this drink. I've always wanted to walk into a bar and order a red eye. Yeah. Doesn't it have a raw cracked egg in it? Yeah. It's like beer and um, Bloody Mary mix, vodka, and like a cracked egg. And you want to get the egg so that it's like floating in the middle of the beer so it looks like an eye. So uh, somebody just said you got to have lime and a Cuba Libre. Which yeah. I- I've got a fresh squeezed lime in there if you can see it. I'm going to take a sip, and then I will tell you what's going on. Crazy life changes. Uh, really kind of wild, in my opinion. So I'll preface with, for the greater portion of the last decade, I've been living in a luxury high-rise building. I don't think it's uber luxury, uber luxury but relative to, to here. In a high-rise building, um, Doorman pool, oh shebang, really nice. Uh, up until about six months ago, I was driving a Porsche 911. James, this is going to rock your world in a second. Uh, recently relocated to more or less the countryside of New Jersey. And last night I bought a pickup truck. What? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so literally, uh, it's, it's purely uh, for work purposes and, and the house needs a lot of renovating. So the plan, the plan is to work on the house. I want to talk about real estate and what drives people to live in the city, what drives people to live in the country and in the suburbs. I mean, this is more suburbs than countryside. Um, It's country compared to New York City, to Manhattan. Anything is country compared to New York City. And I'm constantly lost out here. Um, It's really, it's almost physically painful for me to not know my bearings. Like, I don't know which way is west, north, and um so driving around here i get really just confused and lost and some people just follow the gps don't think anything of it just drive around for me i like knowing which way i'm going which roads go where um and i i'm completely lost out here you can't do you know that the way the highways work or even the kind of main drags you can't take left turns there's barriers everywhere oh that's annoying oh god so i mean i get lost for almost an hour the other night on the motorcycle. I went out to buy some beer. Here's another difference in New York versus New Jersey. Anybody who's in other states, obviously, maybe you won't be surprised. In New York State, you can go to the liquor store and buy the liquor and wine, but you can't buy beer. You can go to the grocery store and you can buy beer, but you can't buy liquor. Um, Can you buy wine in grocery stores in New York State now? It used to be that you couldn't. I think it might be only like under a certain alcohol content. All all I know is if you're buying wine in a grocery store in New York, which you can do, but I know that it's not very good wine. Okay. Because I remember at one point you couldn't buy wine in a grocery store full stop. Yeah. It's it's relatively new over my lifetime that I found that you can buy wine. My frame of reference is 12 years old, so. Okay, yeah, basically so is mine, probably. But, um, because I'm Manhattan's different, so I don't know. You know oh, okay, yeah. We're grocery stores. Um, but uh, here, I went out to find a gas station, grab some beer on Saturday night, because I was moving. 
and I was on the motorcycle and it was freezing cold. Um, and I didn't have GPS. So I looked at the map and then I went out on route and I got lost. And then I kept, I was trying to cross the highway and I just kept circling and doing loops and unable to cross the highway. And I was freezing my balls off. I didn't realize this until yesterday that the whole time I was looking for a gas station, which I never found, but I realized this yesterday, had I found the gas station, they don't sell beer at gas stations in New Jersey. What? They sell beer at liquor stores. So the only place you can buy beer, wine, or liquor is at like a specialty liquor store in New Jersey. So again, just you can't um, buy. Can you buy beer at a grocery store? No, not not that I, I have not seen. I know you can't buy it at like a CVS or a Dwayne Reed or a Rite Aid. I've looked in those places. Uh, it's it's just it's an odd law. It's just different to have five minutes away and you have one law that contradicts another law. Pennsylvania is different. It's completely different both from the other two states too. Um, Pennsylvania's liquor laws are annoying. To me, the, the difference in your ability to buy alcohol across the different states is really fascinating. Because like in California, you can buy liquor in a grocery store. In, in Texas and Louisiana, there's drive-through liquor stores. Yeah, but there's also dry areas, places that don't sell anything at all. So, but what I wanted to talk today, because I, I, and I'm, I'm strangely very content with where I am in life and what I'm doing. And this for me is very much almost like a passion project. Um, living in, in Manhattan has been so miserable over the last eight months. Um, I took a video. Why? I took a video today, I was going to post it, but I walked outside of my office and there was a guy that was having an argument with himself and there were people trying to walk by that were terrified of the guy because he was loud, dirty clothes, long raggy hair, just having an argument with himself. I don't know what about. Yesterday when I was walking to work, it was nine o'clock in the morning and walking down the block, it's freezing out and there was a guy fighting himself, physically fighting himself and having an argument with himself. Um, you know, which is, which is scary because you may walk by this guy and the guy looks at you, you make eye contact and then he's trying to fight you. Um, constantly seeing reports of people being attacked in the streets, um, just wild shit that's going on. Every, you know, the benefit of living in a city is that at 10 o'clock at night, I can call down to a liquor store or open an app on my phone and they'll bring two bottles of wine. I can get empanadas at four o'clock in the morning. Um, I can find a hookah bar to go to at 2 a.m. Um, you can meet people, you can stand at a bar, uh, you can jump in a taxi. Right now, none of that exists. And while I do see this move as, as a pretty permanent move, I'm, and like I said, I'm very happy with it, um, I think people will be surprised how fluid their, you know, where they live is. And as a real estate agent, you know, I realize I do tons of moves and I see people on a regular basis who are just moving for the hell of it. Um, you know, moving isn't necessarily a super permanent thing, but like I said, I see this as a, as a pretty permanent thing. I'm very content out here, but it's crazy from going from living in basically midtown Manhattan to living. I can hear the only noise I can hear right now is crickets, which I've, I haven't heard in years, especially outside my, my window. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's strange and it's a big, big adjustment in life, uh, pre 
uh, quarantine, actually into the quarantine, I was driving a 911 and now I'm driving an F-150. So, um, never thought I'd see the day. Me neither. I didn't, you know, the thing is you can rent, I need to do work here. So you can rent them from like Home Depot and stuff, but I only have a motorcycle. So, you know, when am I going to drive my motorcycle to Home Depot in the snow and then go rent a truck? No. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's what's going on. I want to build a case for living in the city. I want to move a ca- build a case for, for living in the country and obviously, you know, to each their own, really. I don't think there's one place is a better place to be, but, um, but I definitely see value in, in living in both. What would you say that you live in the suburbs in, in Charleston? Yeah, it's a pretty hard yes. A pretty hard yes. Okay, well, that's that's the middle ground between... It's an apartment complex. and Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it could get... It, it could probably be slightly more suburb but it's definitely not rural and it's definitely not urban. Yeah, it, I'd say it's kind of like light suburbs where I'm trying to think of a good example of like a more suburban area. Um. I guess if you think about just like all the different like residential um, plots that exist off of like slightly main highways where it's just, you know, like such and such drive in a cul-de-sac and then go down another block and it's such and such drive two in a cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. So the, there, there's stuff like that that's close to me. Um, but uh, you know exactly where I live. How could I, how could you describe where, where I am as there, anything but suburbs? Yeah, that you have some suburban neighborhoods where you have cul-de-sacs. And you live in an apartment complex, which has a pool and tennis courts, and volleyball courts, and a barbecue and a hot tub. Um, yeah, they got rid of the tennis courts. Oh, did they? Yeah. What the fuck? Why would you get rid of a tennis court? It's a. It's. A, it's what do they turn it into a parking lot? They, not even. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. You know, just a, I'd like to build a tennis court. Actually, and I have the space for it. Um, I like to build a tennis court. Uh, it, it's basically the property that I'm on now. It could be subdivided into four different, different plots, different, uh, different places. So, so you got a fair bit of land along with it. Yeah, and one, there's a flat area and that was previously for, um, like horses. So, and there's also a little barn, which I, I plan to turn into a gym. Um, and also, that is another thing about the city. There was a gym in my building, which has been shut down for coronavirus. So, and then the gym, there was a notice on the wall three months ago outside of the gym. I think I told you this. They owed $172,000 in back rent. Because they still have to pay their rent, even though they're not making any money. Which is part of my complaint. I did a little rant online today about how the government, you know, this, the New York state government, and the city government are telling people that they, um, that they, the kids can't go to school, but what does that mean? I have people that can't come to work now because they have to be taking care of their kids and there's no comprehensive solution from the government. The government's not paying these people so they can hire, hire childcare. Because the state governments don't have money and the state governments can't run deficits. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. State government can't run deficits. So now you have a, a, a federal issue, but it's not a federal issue. It's a people issue. And well, it's a federal, it's a federal issue because they're not taking care of the people because you've got, 
but you get they do nothing ultimately it's a people issue because the people are the ones that suffer well yes but the the issue is like <clears throat> if we want to get this virus under control then we pretty much know what we have to do which is probably to some degree shut things down again and and in order to do that it requires economic sacrifice because it means that some people aren't going to be able to work some businesses aren't going to be able to make money because they're not going to be able to operate so is it fair for us as a society to ask selective sacrifice based solely on the industry that you selected and the answer to that is no it's not fair so how do we go about making this fair and the easy answer is that we need to find a way of compensating the people that we're asking to make these sacrifices because it's not fair for some people to have to bear the more burden than others for something that is ultimately societally kind of equally the the blame is equally assignable like we could get it we could get bogged down in the weeds about who is more responsible for the spread of coronavirus or whatever, but that's not productive. The point is pretty much everybody in, in society is equally responsible for handling this virus. And if we're going to ask for selective sacrifice for equal responsibility, then we need to also have selective reimbursement for the people that are sacrificing more. And that's that, what's not happening right now is that they're not giving the stimulus out. Mm -hmm. And so we're asking people to make sacrifices that really can't. A lot of these businesses were already hit hard once back in March, April, May, they've just started to recover. And at least in March, April, May, there was some programs out there. There was the PPP, there was EIDL loans, there was various state subsidies and stuff like that. Now that's all gone. That's all been used up. So these businesses that were operating on a shoestring with support are now asked to shut down again. And oh, by the way, there's no support coming. How can we ask people to do that? Why are people angry? That's why. And they're right. And everyone's right here but it makes it so that everyone's also wrong i as a as a business owner i i completely understand you know we got some money but also it was a loan you well the ppp wasn't but i didn't get very much ppp money because it's payroll protection program and everyone that works in my organization is an independent contractor so i did not get much ppp what i did get was an eidl loan which is a loan and you 30 year note Sure, but you know it's it's basically a mortgage with a good interest rate. It still needs mm -hmm. to be back. That that's and, exactly what it is. And a portion of which is forgivable if you don't take PPP. But you took PPP, so the full amount of your EIDL loan is going to come due over the next thirty years. Yeah. All right, we gotta we gotta we gotta get back on track. Uh, let's. I need some benefits. So if you guys are just tuning in, or if you're been paying attention. We're talking about the benefits of living in the city versus the benefits of living in the country. And we'll throw some suburbs in there just for the mix. But <clears throat> I could definitely give you a list of benefits of living in the city. I've been selling city living for over a decade. Um, and All right, let's start with the city then. Pros and cons of the city. Pros, go. Fortunately, right now, some of this is suffering because of coronavirus. But like I said, it's nice to have an ever-expanding pool of takeout and delivery food at hours that are not available in the suburbs. You know, when I go to upstate New York and it's eight o'clock at night, and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, no one's taking orders right now." And you're like, "But it's dinner time. What, 
how are we supposed to eat? Um, <clears throat> so that's the food options, also the restaurant options. In a place, in, a, in the bigger the city, the better the restaurants, uh, you know, the more diversity in restaurants, the higher the, the skills are of the chefs. And, it's a function you know, of competition. Yeah, exactly. And that may not be across the board, but, but I think that's, you know, you would say that that competition is going to bring. Yeah, as a general rule. I would also say that in a city, not just availability of food, drink, entertainment, but really in a big enough city, you're going to be able to find a community of people that are like you. And it can be whatever interest you have. And the more niche your interest, the bigger the city you're going to need to find to be able to have some kind of critical mass of people that will get together and do it. But like, for example, in Charleston, there's a, uh, for a while, I was really interested in the board game Go, which is a, like, Asian, an Asian strategy game. And in Charleston, we tried to start a club. And at our peak, we might have had six people. Um, really? Yeah, at our peak. Regularly? We would like the, our peak regular show people that would show up was about three. Um, yeah. And in uh, New York City, there's two or three go clubs that each have like 50 to 100 members that will have like regular turnouts. And it probably more. I don't know. But the point is in New York City to the same travel distance in terms of time it took me about 15 minutes to get to where we held, held the go club. If I were to travel 15 minutes in New York, maybe a little bit longer by subway or whatever but I could get to a place where there might be 80 or a hundred people in the room that are all as passionate or more likely more so than me about this in the United States niche hobby. Well, I think passion is a pretty extreme word. Um, there's some people that are super into this game, dude. No, I realize that. Uh, I just wanted to pause on, on passion for the board game. Uh, I'm not a super passionate person, so. Uh, I'm not super extreme with much uh, apathy over passion, really, for me. You hear that, ladies? <laughs> That's terrible sounding. Uh, <clears throat> but I will say also, yeah, the number of people around you in a city definitely can be seen as a, as a positive or a negative, but it's easier to meet people. Um, and Dating in the city is way easier because options dating in the city and also not being bored um you know a, a long time ago uh i went through a breakup and found myself not having anywhere to go i had recently moved to a new apartment in the heights did you ever go to that apartment in, in harlem no um so i recently moved to this apartment i didn't know anything to do i was basically going home after work and just bored as fuck and a bar opened up two blocks from the subway, two or three blocks from the subway. And instantly everybody just congregated at this place from the neighborhood. And I just meeting new people every single day. Good for business, good for relationships, good for friendship. Um, what bar was it? Harlem Public. Oh. That was back in 2012, 2013. Yeah, been there a number of times. Um, great place though. And, and it was cool because in the neighborhood there wasn't much uh, there wasn't much like that. And you just had this, this great group of people that were there just looking for something to do. So, so that was cool. But you don't quite... Also, bars work differently in the suburbs and in, in the rural areas because you have to drive. Mm -hmm. I, I 
I just walk by. Um, I get, you know, just walk by to pop in. Uh, we got a comment about um, neighbors being nicer. I believe in the suburbs. Uh, I'll tell you something weird about New York City. I recently, well, not recently, but four or five months ago, I ran into one of my neighbors in the hallway and he said hi and introduced himself. And instantly I was like, fuck, like maybe I should move to a different floor in this building or something. Um, in, in New York, you, there's a, I had to explain this to my mother, who's a pretty social person. She'll be in the grocery store and she'll talk to somebody. And that works in the suburbs. It doesn't work in a place like New York City. In New York City, with the population density extreme that it has, people don't talk to each other and they really mind people's other, other people's personal space. So you might be right up on somebody, whereas if you're in a grocery store in the suburbs, you're like, oh, how are you? You know, happy Saturday or whatever. I don't know what people talk about in the suburbs yet. Um, but the city, if somebody's talking to you in line at the grocery store, that person's a weirdo or they're about to ask you for money. Or yeah, that's when I, when I go grocery shopping, I'll have headphones in specifically so that way, like people won't talk to me. <clears throat> yeah, I, I just, but in South Carolina, people will talk to you in the grocery store. So that's the thing about New York City. That's a, I would give it a plus. Um, Depends on what kind of person you are. If you're like me and you don't want to be talked to in the grocery store. Sure. And I think people are becoming more like that, actually, as a society. But, um, you know, you walk down the street and somebody will be crying and having a terrible day. And you're like, all right, we give that person space. Like, whereas if it was anywhere else and you, if you're walking down the street in the suburbs or, you know, in, in South Carolina somewhere and someone's crying, you're going to be like, oh, my God, are you OK? Um, you know, well, somebody else might. I probably wouldn't. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, but the point that I'm making is I, so my, my, one of my neighbors on my floor, it's a 40 story building. One of the neighbors on my floor introduced himself and I was like, fuck, that's a little close to home. Like now this guy knows me. Like now, like, oh, fuck. Um, but just a really, I guess you probably can't understand it unless maybe you can, but I don't think I'd be able to understand it if I hadn't lived in the city, just how uncomfortable it is to like, meet your neighbors because you really respect each other's privacy given you have a sheetrock wall separating you and them um so yeah. you got uh, like three quarters of an inch of uh sheetrock and like three inches of air yeah separating you and somebody else's life another big thing about uh this city is you have this incredible cultural diversity and that extends to food it extends to just meeting different types of people. Um, I really, really dig the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just the diversity, but like the authenticity of the cultures. Um, you know, we, we went to school with Chinese people, Mexican people, uh, African-American people. Yeah, all three of them combined? All three of them combined, yeah, really. Um, and... I'm saying like we had one Chinese person, I don't know, one, I don't, one black person, one Mexican in the entire fucking school. No, yeah, I don't, I don't actually know any Chinese people. I know some there was, Korean people. From our school? From our school. But there, was one, there was one Chinese guy on my, my volleyball team. He was a year or two below us. Okay, yeah. So, but also, though, culturally, we all shopped at the same stores. 
and we all pretty much ate the same stuff for lunch. Um, there wasn't a lot of cultural diversity and it wasn't as authentic because it was a bit more whitewashed or watered down. With the exception of, I'd say, the Italian. In upstate? To a degree. I mean, I I'd say that was probably the most authentic. But, but if you take like your New Jersey Italian or your Long Island Italian. No, that's different. Yeah. That's not an Italy Italian. It is, but it's not. It's, you know, it's got a bit of a, a tweak to it. So, <clears throat> but, but point is, is I think you get a lot more cultural authenticity um, in, in cities and especially in big metropolitan, you know. Oh, sure. New York, LA, maybe Miami. San Francisco, too. Um, yeah, so, uh, but if anybody who's watching live right now wants to give me some pros or cons of living in a city. Uh, um, oh, I can give you some cons. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm watching the comments, but I'm listening to your comments. So, cons, just noise. Is there, New York City, the times that I've stayed with you, the one thing, so living in the suburbs, it's relatively quiet. I live relatively close to a highway. Which so I get a fair bit of road noise or whatever, but that's incomparable to the amount of noise that just comes up off of the street at all hours of the night, be it sirens or people yelling or dogs barking or dogs barking at sirens and people yelling at the dogs. I can't sleep with the windows open and I'm a decent way up in the building. Like I'm not in the ground level or second or third floor. I'm, I'm decently up and I was. Um, and I can't sleep with the window open. And the biggest thing is that is the when a big truck goes by and hits like some potholes, and it sounds like fucking seismic. It feels like seismic activity. Yeah. Which you know it, it could very well be. Um, but yeah, the noise, the sirens, the people shouting, the dogs barking, um, and it's the just, cr- it's constant. It never stops. <clears throat> it's also getting worse because you now have crazy people in the mix on the streets and that's what i really don't like right now all right so that's one con is the noise the other one i would say is the cost is it's just it's generally much more expensive to live in cities new york being a prime example is everything costs more Mm -hmm. um rent food utilities gas if you have a car even just keeping a car, paying for parking, have a place to put I'll the give car. You, I'll give you some parking. I'll give you some, some car and, and, and payment information. So <clears throat> the tunnels cost anywhere from 550 to, I think, 1550 uh, tunnels and bridges. And, and I know George Washington Bridge is pretty expensive. Lincoln Tunnel is pretty expensive. Queensboro Bridge is still free, which is nice. Um, but 550 to like 1550. Um, parking a car at the average rate for a garage per day is probably 45 to 50 dollars sometimes you can get a little bit better deals sometimes you know especially if there's an event nearby i used to park on the west side of midtown near the javits center if there was an event it could be like 75 dollars a day Um, and then a monthly parking spot typically will range in the $500 range, which, you know, there's some cities where that's what a one bedroom apartment costs. So um, parking is super, super expensive. Um, And fuel 
the gas station near my house, I think for regular right now, not my house, my apartment. I'm now in a house. The gas station by my apartment as of last weekend, the regular cost of fuel is four ninety nine. That's two and a half times more expensive than than down here. Because mm-hmm. right now it's like one ninety to one ninety nine, depending on what part of town you're in. Yeah, and New Jersey is is definitely cheaper, and they pump it for you, which is another weird law, like the liquor laws that New Jersey and Oregon are the two states that do that. Yeah, and yeah, I I heard in a debate in my office that the reason they pump it for you and still do that is because they're trying to keep people employed. Yeah, there's a union. I'm pretty sure. It's very strange that that it just doesn't make like. It's like a horse-drawn carriage. Is that a job you really want? I'm going to sit here and breathe gas fumes all for eight hours a day? No, you're out and it's fucking negative 10 degrees. You're pumping gas. And, and, yeah. And the gas, you know, the, the gas things don't make that money on gas, that much money on gas. No. Um, and now that you pay at the pump, most people aren't forced to go inside and get sold on impulse buys like candy bars and gum and stuff like that at the register and lotto tickets. So... Um, I, you know, just why people are telling me their gas prices two eighty two in, in Sacramento. Um, I, I missed another one. There's another one. Like really? That low in Sacramento? It was higher when I was there a month ago. Uh, oh, maybe that was over here. A uh, dollar fifty seven here, Southern Bell. I don't know Southern Bell where you are, but probably somewhere. probably closer to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, but but yeah, so so what were we talking about? You're talking about cost. I'm um, cost. Yeah, just cost across the board is going to be way higher. They keep jacking the prices uh, of the taxis uh, and adding all these surcharges. So when you get in a taxi, it's instantly like four twenty-five, and if you want to go three blocks, you're paying six dollars minimum, uh, which is just wild. Um, but my commute to and from the office was 1076 a day in a cab, average. Most of the t- days when there wasn't much traffic, it was 1076. Um, now it's like $17 um, because there's a whole bunch of new uh, surcharges that came through. You got $1.97 in Jersey and $3.19 in the Bay Area, California, uh, $1.87 Palm Beach, I'd love that people would just give me their gas prices. This is this yeah, bring bring it on, man. So, uh, but but the the cost of and also like, do you know with the taxes on parking in Manhattan? No, eighteen point seven five percent. That's that's them raking tourists. <laughs> so you actually get a discount as a Manhattan resident, but that's only at your monthly parking garage. Yeah. So. Uh, right. As I said, I, I called it. That's them raking tourists. Yeah, it's it's bad. Uh, <clears throat> all right, what else? Give me some more negatives. And, and... I would say kind of <clears throat> parallel to the noise is just the, the, the daily crush of people. And not it, it's, it's hard to just feel like you can get away. That if you want to be in a place that isn't crowded and everything like that, that uh, and maybe that that's just like the spectrum in me saying like, there's too many people here, wherever I go, I walk out and as soon as I'm on the sidewalk, it's just people everywhere. I, I have, I, I'm a bit ADD. Um, <clears throat> so I feel you on that. I sometimes have difficulty walking and holding a conversation because I'm 
paying attention to everything that's going on around me. People are walking by, having conversations. That loop is going through my head. I'm watching which way they're going to go while they're walking, trying to predict which way this person is going to walk as a crossing. Somebody stops ahead of me. Uh, you know, I slow down and change, effectively change lanes in those in that sidewalk. It's, it's very overwhelming. I will say though, <clears throat> and it took me some time to figure this out, but I also used to run a lot um, when I moved here. So I got to learn the city and I got to learn the quieter areas and the places where you could find some peace and, and some tranquility. Um, and it's not as peaceful and tranquil as being in the fucking forest, you know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say is like, the, the most peaceful area in New York City is not even going to compare to the quiet that you have now. One of my favorite movies, Donnie Darko. Oh, great movie. He's a Donnie Darko, high school kid, meets his girl, uh, asks her to go with him, which means like they're going out, they're, they're dating. And uh, they're, they're, going, they're walking home from school one day and they're walking through the park and he like tries to kiss her. And she's like, she kind of turns her head and, and he's like, oh, you don't want that? And she's like, no, 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 I do, but not right now. And you're like, okay. And then the camera pans out and there's, <laughs> there's a guy in a, in a track suit smoking a cigarette. And she's like, yeah, it's just weird because the fat guy in the track suit smoking a cigarette is watching us. So, like, there's an element of that in New York City. Like, you're yeah. never away from that fat guy in the tracksuit. There's always going to be eyes on you. Um, and, like, I can tell you from having an apartment in a high-rise building, surrounded by high-rise buildings, and not wanting to have my blinds and, and curtains closed 24-7, like, there's a certain amount of just exposure you have to be okay with. And... You know, if you want to have an argument in the street with whoever you're with, you know, you, you have an argument in the street. There's nowhere else to go. You have an argument in your apartment, your neighbors are going to hear you. People walking by the apartment in the hallway are going to hear you. You definitely are sacrificing an extreme amount of privacy. And, and <clears throat> given you're sacrificing that privacy, but also people are, to a degree, a bit tuned out anyways. Right, but uh, I think that what you just talked about with sacrificing privacy by living in the city, the, the response that you were talking about earlier about how people in New York city naturally respect privacy. I think that those two are completely interrelated is that because everyone knows that like they're, they're sacrificing privacy by living in the city, then they kind of try and find whatever ways they can to retake some of the privacy by honoring it to others and expecting the same gesture paid back towards them. Yeah. But, you know, I felt like the city was closing in on me. Um, you know, and I do a fair, I, you know, I commute every day, even through quarantine, I went to the office every day to run things. And uh, I felt like I needed more space and I wanted to be able to, you know, have a yard and, you know, maybe have some workout equipment because I need actual weights. Like I can't get a pair of 25 pound dumbbells and like keep any muscle mass in my body. I need like actual hundred pound weights, be able to bench press hundreds of pounds and squat hundreds. You can't do that in a home gym with some fucking elastic cables. So I needed the space um, and I want the space, you know. Uh, uh, I can't, James, I can't wait for you to come visit and, you know, show you around the, the property. Yeah, now that you're in New Jersey, I might actually be able to visit because I don't think Jersey's got the quarantines that uh, 
New York City does, so I could fly into Newark. And you're, and then you'd be 18 minutes from the house, which would be cool. Um, so, yeah. and I got vacation time that I badly need to burn. So that's what's got to happen. That's what's got to happen. So, give me a couple more negatives on on the city, and then I want to kind of delve into the countryside and suburbs a little bit because we I think I've really covered the main ones of of the city. Um, is I think there's one other positive that we haven't really covered in the city, which is when it comes to earning opportunities, career advancement, and, and stuff like that, you're going to be able to find the, the job in the field that you want and have a higher ceiling of what you can reach in the city, more likely than not compared to other locations. There's always exceptions to this. No, but for certain industries, you have to be in the city. If you want to work as a stockbroker, if you want to work in finance, you really only have like three options in this country. And that's going to be New York, Chicago, and San Francisco, to some degree, LA. But like, you're not going to be able to be a stockbroker in Peoria. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Very true. Um, but yeah, same thing with like acting. If you want to be an actor, you've you got like two and a half options, really. You got to go where they're filming. You got New York, you got LA, and you got Georgia, you got Atlanta, and that's yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I give Atlanta the half point. Yeah, but that's growing and growing and growing. Uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- I was also going to think like another half point for like Miami and Southern Florida area. But yeah, if you want to, if you want to get found, if you want to have an agency that's going to, to get you in auditions and stuff like that, it's really New York and LA. Because if they're filming somewhere, if they like you, they'll fly you there. Who cares? But to get found, you need to be where the people who are making the picks for the next movies are. And that's New York and L.A. Yeah, they're not going to fly you if they don't know about you. So. Right. Uh, but no, that's, that's entirely accurate. Uh, the job opportunities are insane. And the ability to build on something, um, you know, you start your own store selling fucking uh what's the snap bracelets in fucking soho and make a killing like you could you could open a snap bracelet store if that's your passion you can specialize in in a city because there's enough people there that you're going to be able to find someone enough people that are interested whereas if you're trying to do some kind of a niche industry in the country well the chances that if there's even one person in this rural town that even has even heard of what you're doing but also getting on their radar in the city you can just put a sign in the front of your store um, or a Craigslist ad. Yeah. Getting on the radar of somebody in the local area in, in your city is definitely, uh, it's, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, in your city, in your, in your town or whatever you might call it. I'm going to go with one more positive for cities. Uh, two more positives, actually. Um, one, one positive with cities is that generally public transportation is very good. So you don't need to have a car and it's easy to get around a city relatively quickly and relatively inexpensively um so that's another pro and then the other one this is kind of related to the culture comment but i think it's enough that we can separate it out which is that in general large cities are more accepting and people are more open-minded oh 100 percent. it's it's wild being in other cities and seeing how close-minded but remember exposure is you know fuels growth yeah and, um, and definitely open-mindedness. You know, you're not going to be open-minded if, if you've been exposed to the same thing. Everything else is just going to feel foreign 
and weird. And that's, well, if you're not exposed to something, you, like if you've got beliefs that are erroneous or whatever, if nothing ever challenges your beliefs and you have no reason to change them. And in, and in a large city, something's constantly in your face challenging your beliefs. Yeah, and you have to, and you have to decide whether you're cool or not with certain things because, like, it's it's happening, it's out of your control. Yeah, but yeah, and you, and if your beliefs are being challenged, basically internally or externally, you have to defend your beliefs on kind of a daily basis. Whereas if you're out in the country and the only people you're hanging out with are people that think exactly like you, no one's ever challenging your beliefs. You never really have to grow. Sure, and they probably drop pickup trucks. Yeah, which, um, you know, what you really need to do is you need to get a second pickup truck, but like just put it up on blocks out front. Oh God! Uh, it's not... Actually, no, no, don't don't get a pickup truck. I'm thinking like a 1974 Chevelle. You know, this is a nice neighborhood. It's a nice neighborhood. People have uh, people have nice cars here. How many fridges do you have? Uh, when I moved in, there was none. I'll, okay, I'll, you need I'll, to buy like four or five. Only I'll, one of which needs to be working. I'll tell you a little bit more about uh, about the uh, the fridge bucking debacle. They took the laundry, they took the refrigerator. Uh, it was it was wild. Uh, somebody just told me to get a gun rack. I actually am like looking into gun ownership because the other night I woke Why? up. The other night I woke up. It's like three o'clock in the morning. There's motion lights outside, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, it's three o'clock and I, I'm, I'm not used to that shit. Like I have a doorman. What do I need to fucking, you know, to worry about anything? So I'm like, okay, so someone's outside. Obviously, there's a motion light. Someone tripped it. It must be somebody who must have seen some activity in the house that came by late at night to see what's going on. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll try some locks. There's no car in the driveway. It's in the garage. This is before the truck. Um, truck is fresh. It's last night. And uh, <clears throat> that's a nice looking truck. But I'm convinced three o'clock in the morning, somebody's out here, I can't find him. I'm looking at the windows. Uh, so I go to the bedroom window and I peer down, like, like down right in front of the house. And there's two deer just chilling out, eating grass. Um, but fuck, I was shook. I was scared for a little bit. I've got, I, I was convinced there was someone outside. And it only, moment, it only made sense to my logical sleepy brain that someone was investigating late at night, like what had been happening with the house, looking don't, for a Don't buy a gun. There's no need for it. Maybe a dog. Doria says I should get a dog. I, would get I don't a, think, don't get a dog either. <laughs> we talk extensively about dog ownership. Yeah. Piss some people off. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and say I hate dogs. So I'd rather get a goat so I don't have to mow. Oh, um, <laughs> I got a story for you when you talk about goats. Um, so one of, one of our firm's clients um, was a lawyer, and he, the way that we knew him was um, our firm does some work in the insurance markets where we, we do audits of a number of insurance companies. That's not important for this story. Um, but we knew this guy through insurance. He was a lawyer and it was a city somewhere in Florida where he wanted to, there was a parcel of land kind of in the, like on the 
outskirts of the city, but still like an urban area or whatever. He wanted to buy this land and then develop it and do kind of like a mixed use kind of development with like apartments and like retail on the bottom floor and then apartments and everything like that. So he goes to the city council and says, hey, uh, this is what I would like to do. And they, they weren't interested. They said, well, the, the land's zoned for, for agriculture. So we're not approving you for mixed use residential and stuff like that. He owns the land. So now, now he's not going to be able to develop it and make all the money that he wants. And so this dude had plenty of money as it was. It's not like he was poor before this. So what yeah. he decided to do was, you know what? Screw these guys. Um, it's zoned for agriculture. So he, he built a small barn, fenced in everything, and bought a shitload of goats. <laughs> and just, just as, like an, as an F you to the city council, look at what's the most obnoxious animal that I can get. Goats. <laughs> so now he's got hundreds of goats on this parcel that's somewhat – it's still, like, in the city, but it's zoned agricultural. <laughs> so he's got all these goats in, in this thing, and goats reproduce a lot, and they make noise and everything like that. But the city can't do anything about it because okay. that's what they oh, – sure. And so, so what he ends up doing is, he, like, he's got all these goats or whatever – and apparently in Florida, um, I think Caribbean culture and also um, possibly Middle Eastern culture, I could be wrong about this one, so don't hold me to it, guys. Right. Um, but Caribbean culture, definitely. Um, goat meat is yeah. like, really common. And so what he found was like, I can sell these goats for a lot of money. Like, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're making more of themselves. I don't have to do anything. And then I can just sell them. And so what he would do is, he like when he would go to parties with his wife or whatever. So he still had a law practice. He still did the insurance or whatever. But when he went to parties and he, like introduced himself to to new people, he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm Mr. So and So. Well, what do you do? I'm a goat farmer." <laughs> Just to piss off his wife. <laughs> so he ends up so he ends up having all these goats or whatever. Just making tons of money or whatever. And about a year goes by, maybe a little longer. Okay. And so he goes back to the city council. The city council is like, hey, you got to stop doing this. And he says, you guys told me it was zoned for agricultural. That's what I'm doing. And so <laughs> enough time goes by that he goes back to the city council and says, oh, uh, do you want to revisit that whole redevelopment plan that I brought to you guys a while back? You know, building the apartments and whatnot. And yeah, it gets approved. And he sells all the goats. And what he tells uh, one of the partners at my firm after this all goes up, he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I was making more money, like, farming goats than, I'm, like, I'm making on this development. I believe that. But he didn't do this to make money. He just did it as an F you to the city council. But whenever somebody mentions goats, I just think about a, at a guy fencing in a city property and farming goats, not for any other reason than for spite. And ending, ending up being successful at it. And also, the, like, being able to go to parties and be like, yeah, I'm a goat farmer. You've just, you've just been declared in the comments the, the, the winner of the best story. <laughs> that is a great that is a great fucking story i wish i could i wish i could wish i had the time to farm goats i really want chickens actually just fresh eggs but but who knows if that's going to happen um all right we gotta put we gotta we've been talking about cities we're, you know you're talking about goats now we're kind of talking about the suburbs and uh and the countryside let's we're, skip over the suburbs so you grew up much more rural but only by about like a Yo, we were 15 minutes apart from each other. Yeah, we could. I ridden my bicycle as a kid to your house. Right. But you were more in the mountains. Mm -hmm. um, 
than I was. And I had, oh, you had one neighbor next door, but then you had like a mile where, you know, where there wasn't another. For, for more than half of my life before I left New York, I lived on a dirt road, an actual dirt road. Actual dirt it, road. Yeah, it wasn't paved until I was probably like 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Um, um, so, so let's talk about country life. And, the, and the, obviously your parents chose to live in that area. They've continued so. to chose, she was living there. Like my yeah. mom, my mom has the means to be able to move wherever she wants. And she's thought about it. And she's like, you know what? I'm actually just really happy out here. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great area, a great place. And that's, you know, uh, I have a sentiment about this area that I'm in so far, but uh, I don't know what as intimately as she knows your area your former area but why is she staying there over moving somewhere more urban or even more densely suburban well three factors the first i can't confirm for sure but i would have to say that there's like this is personal to my mom which is going to be just the inertia of already having a place already having it fully furnished and everything like that and not wanting to have to go through the, the hassle of a move plus having it pretty much paid off and just the familiarity. So not having to take on a new note, find a new place, go through the move. But the, what, what she would say is she likes her neighbors. She likes the quiet. She likes that she lives on a mountain. She can go for a hike pretty much any day where she can just walk through the woods and be completely alone and go to the top of a mountain and have a great view. Take the dogs for a walk. Um, it's quiet, sometimes eerily quiet but she's got bird feeders and gardens and all these things that you can't have in a city. She's got tons of space and it's beautiful out there. And I'm just going to say it again, because I value it so much. Whenever I go back home, I love how quiet it is. Yeah. I still hear these crickets. I, I thought I was having an issue with electricity because it was this humming noise like this high pitched humming noise. It's crickets. Yeah. And it's cold now. It was kind of weird. Um, I get it though, because, you know, I grew up, even where I grew up a little more cul-de-sac-y suburban, but not by very much. We were surrounded by trees and you could hike. Um, and I, you know, I really value being able to walk outside and be able to do that, which is, which is cool as shit. Um, and pet ownership, you know, we talked about owning pets. I'm not a big pet person. But I will say owning a pet in the suburbs of the country is way better. You don't have to pick up their shit in the sidewalk. You also could just let them out in the yard. When, you know, when a dog pisses on a sidewalk, it makes a puddle. When a dog pisses in your backyard, you don't know about it. You know, it just goes away. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, in the summertime when it's hot at like 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, my building smells like dog piss because everybody brings their dogs out at 8 o'clock, 8 30, 9 o'clock in the morning. The dog's pissing the fucking sidewalk and, it's, and the sun's just shining on it. And then it just wafts in. And the humidity is just dog urine. I don't oh, that's wonderful. I don't smell it from the apartment, but when, you, when you're at ground level, you can smell it. Um, yeah. So you have this thick, <laughs> you know, you're, in, you're Oh, though, I know exactly what it's like because downtown Charleston during the summer um, with all the carriage horses, you'll have some like the the roads where they kind of 
have the the horses do their pickups and drop-offs is where the horses pee the most and Mm -hmm. you'll have certain streets where even if it hasn't rained in charleston in a week and a half you'll have puddles and yeah you just walk down like there's a couple blocks that once you live here you learn to avoid but yeah like 9 30 10 o'clock at night or whatever it's still hot and you'll just get hit with like this wave of like vaporized horse piss I always thought living along Central Park South was a uh, was a luxurious place to live, but that's where they dock all the horse and buggies. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Where is that Meeting Street where they have all the horses? Yeah, um, like um, yeah, like quarter of Meeting and uh, Market, roughly. Like really, it's like Market and Church, if I if I can remember. I don't know. I, I, I have not been to downtown Charleston. No, I work downtown Charleston, but the my office is not like the bar party area of Charleston at all. Sure, fair enough, fair enough. Um, if you guys are watching live, I want to know some benefits, some positives, some pros of living in the country or the suburban slash quasi-suburban rural areas. Uh, versus living in the city. I think we got a decent number of people. I don't know if anybody's live with watching that, that follow on YouTube. Um, I know follow on TikTok that live in suburban areas. Yeah, there's a huge amount of the United States that are suburban. And, it, you know, governing a suburban area versus governing uh, an urban area is, is very different, which, which, you know, it's the reason why people are, one of the reasons why people are super divided uh, politically, but. Um, <clears throat> All right, so we got the pros is going to be quiet. I'm going to say cost of living is going to be lower. You're going to get more, more house, more apartment, more land, more just everything for lower. Food costs, gas costs, everything else is lower. Um, what are the cons of living out in the country? I've got a few, but you go. Well, dis, you know, if you're working in a city, I don't know what types of industry are supported in countryside. Like, what do you work at a country store? Manufacturing. There's, at least in Charleston, a lot of the manufacturing is kind of out in the country. Uh, because you can get warehouse space, you can get cheap land and cheap warehouse space. And like, okay. what do you need to be in the city for if you're making car parts? Okay, true. Yeah, car parts. I mean, I, I, my office is in the garment district, so it's in manufacturing for textiles. Yeah, but uh, that, that, that has legacy. That, the, the garment district goes back 130, 150 years. Well, the current, the current mayor is trying to move it 15 minutes into Brooklyn, so. The what? The, the current mayor, uh, de Blasio, is trying to move the garment district. And Why? Uh, Why are you messing with where people are? Who cares? Well, they're putting in a whole new, you know, new warehouses and bullshit, and they think that people are going to rent so many offices in the Midtown area because obviously offices are on the incline, which clearly they are not. No, that, that's yeah. It's not it, commercial we, real estate is a bad sector to be in. Right we now. work is is upside down right now. Um, well, we work it has all sorts of problems. But just the the commercial real estate sector in general is not doing well, especially since now that people are working from home and realizing that working from home is viable for a lot of industries that really hadn't considered it before. There's a lot of companies that might have rented two or three floors of office space that now are like, 
we don't need all this space. We can, we can get away with a floor or a half floor or nothing. And just supply and demand. Supply has stayed the same. Demand has gone way down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I could tell you, though, I could work from home. Obviously, I'm in this. It's a, I mean, it's Void? A, it's a, well, I moved, I moved some shit out of the way here. Like there's, I got a computer on the floor. Laptop. You need to put like a mattress or something in there to dampen the sound a little bit. <clears throat> well, it's empty. It's empty. There's a desk and a couple and computer parts in, the, in, in, in here. Um, but it's, it's a queen size bedroom. It's got a closet. Um, and the entrance to the attic is here actually. But I actually plan to put the podcast studio because I don't have the same setup in the house right now that I do in my office. I played it for the podcast studio in the basement and there's basically three different areas in the basement in addition to the garage that, that could be like really cool to set up a little uh, podcasting area. I plan to have a wet bar in the basement, pool table, ping pong. Uh, you know, That'd be really sweet. Maybe like a movie screening area. Um, the basement, the basement in this place is larger than, than my apartment in Manhattan. So, <clears throat> right. So your your mortgage is probably comparable to what you're paying in rent, and look how much more you're getting. But it's also less. It's it's comparable, but still less than what I was paying in rent. And this is a mortgage payment, so it's basically a deposit into a savings account minus the cut of interest. Um, but Which the cut of interest is really high right now, but that'll go down over time. Yeah, but also the interest rates. Are, uh, super low. I was talking to my friend today and uh, he's in the Albany, the capital region area in New York. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what did your parents get on, on uh, you know, what was their interest rate in their mortgage? He's like, I, I don't know, but I talked to my friend who bought a place a while back and, and she had good credit and her interest rate was 11%. That's insane. And he went for a mortgage recently and he's like, it was 2.65. So yeah. I'm like, what, trust me, what you want to do right now is get away with as little down as possible and it's free money, man. Like it's, it's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense right now to not buy. No, I'm, I'm in the market in the next eight months. I, it, it just, it only, it only makes, again, everything is super fluid. You could buy and live in a place for eight months and move. And, and you, you wouldn't be making money, but you wouldn't be losing as much money as if you rented for eight months. Completely agree. So, which is wild. Like who's going to live in a place for less than eight months? Unless it's like you're subletting a bedroom. Yeah, so, no, I, my rent here, my, my, my lease here ends in June and I've already decided I'm not renewing my lease. I'm buying somewhere. It's just a matter of where. Um. So I, uh, I have a question here that said, I was hoping you can give me some advice. I recently rented an apartment and was charged a hefty fee. I later saw that agent post the same apartment with no fee. Clearly bait and switch. Um, Not necessarily. Me, again, yup, yup, 818. Um, I'm guessing you're talking about Manhattan. Um, I looked the agent up and she's not licensed. What should I do? Uh, I need more details. It to me does not seem clearly like bait and switch. Bait and switch, by the way, is a legal term and it means advertising a fake apartment. So something that doesn't exist. 
And then when someone contacts you, you're switching them. So you're baiting them with a, a fake listing and you're switching them somewhere else. So what happens a lot of times is in New York City, where an apartment might last six hours on the market, sometimes less, like realistically, sometimes less. Uh, somebody contacts you and then you're like, okay, yeah, I think it's available. Let's meet today at four o'clock. And then you call management at four o'clock because you listed it at 11 a.m. You call management at four o'clock and you're like, hey, can we get access? Like, oh, we took an application an hour ago. That's very common. It's not illegal and it sucks. It sucks. The agent isn't baiting you in, in, in this scenario I'm giving you. The agent isn't baiting you in. No, because um, the, the apartment that they're advertising did exist and it was on the market at the time and it eventually got sold. It's not malicious. They're not baiting you in maliciously. Uh, it's just how the market works. Now, if an agent, I've seen listings where I, uh, why, so what I like to do with my clients because I'm, you know, for lack of a better phrase, an expert, what I like to do with my clients is I'm going to give them a list of places I'm going to show them. Not everything I can give them a listing for. A lot of them are because there's so many listings that come so fast are new and they're not online. But what I'm also going to ask my client for is I'm going to say, Hey, let me know what else you're looking at. And I'll take you, you know, if I can take you there, I will. If I can't, and it looks like a good place, I'll tell you to go see it also. I, you know, I, I understand what the market is. I'm not going to, discourage you from seeing a place if it's good because I'm going to show it to you and you're still going to be hung up on that place. But uh, a while back I had somebody send me and you, I've been doing this so long. I know apartments really well. So somebody can usually tell me an address. I can tell them who the owner is and oftentimes what the apartment looks like just because I've seen a gazillion apartments. Um, but a while back, somebody sent me a listing and I couldn't find it. And the building number wasn't listed. It was just like cross streets or a neighborhood or something. And I spent an afternoon staring at the pictures, trying to figure out what landlord it was. Everything seemed legit. It was a legit agent, licensed agent. And um, I finally looked through, and I've been staring at the pictures, reverse Google image searching the pictures, like maybe you know, they were from something. And I realized there was a palm tree in the distance out of one of the windows. Now for anybody who knows anything in Manhattan, we don't have palm trees, unless it's an expensive restaurant. Yeah, but then it's growing. indoors. There's yeah. no yeah. Um, so, uh, but that would be a bait and switch, obviously a fake apartment because no apartments have a view of palm trees in Manhattan. Um, that's, a bait, that's a bait and switch ad and that's illegal. It's illegal to bait and switch. Um, it would also be illegal to like, Cut, like take a picture of someplace and be like, here's this three bed, three bath in midtown Manhattan, 1200 square feet, $1,100 a month. Yeah, exactly. Cause uh, that just doesn't exist. It's a fake. Yeah. It's a fake. Yeah. So, uh, it's me again. Yep. 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 Said, why would she post the apartment? She rented me. She knows it's going because she rented to me herself. Well, that sounds a bit sketchy there. Doesn't mean she bait and switched you. It could mean that she's trying to bait and switch people moving. Do forward. we know it's the exact apartment? But I need, you know, uh, it's me again. Yep, yep, yep. We would need to talk off air where I could get a little more of the specific details. Um, but either way, at the time, here's my thinking. At the time you saw an apartment, you decided in that moment it was worth paying a broker fee 
you liked the apartment. To you, you signed agree, you agreed, I like this apartment, it's worth, I like this apartment, it's worth this much money, and then you moved in. And then you saw a better deal somewhere else. I just bought a truck for how much money? And I could go back online and keep looking for trucks and find the same truck for less. Does that mean I got ripped off of the deal that I got? No, at the time, I thought that was a deal. I might be upset with myself, but I'm not going to be upset with the guy that sold it to me. Right. The market moves after you make a purchase. Yeah, that's just, that's, it is what it is. Uh, again, I would need more details to know if it was malicious. Uh, also, in New York City, this is the crazy part about New York City, and I have agents like this. I have agents that have American names. We have a guy we call Mike. His actual name is Bosnian and difficult to pronounce. So uh, his business cards say Mike, but then in quotations in the middle have his real name. So a lot of times you may meet somebody, especially if you're corresponding for Facebook Marketplace, so they have a Facebook profile under whatever name, you may search that name against the state database and you may not find their actual name. Um, you know, I have a guy, his, uh, his name's Roger, his legal name is Rogelio. So, you know, like, yeah, nobody in, most people are not going to be familiar with the word, with the name Rogelio. So he goes by Roger. If you search Roger, you're not going to get any results. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not saying what, you know, whatever happened wasn't bad, wasn't malicious. It could have been, you could have been a target of a scam. Who knows? Um, I don't know the details, but I'm just letting you know from the other side of things, what could have happened. Um, all right, what else we got on cities and, and, uh, and suburbs? I feel like I feel like we're running out of steam on this topic. Well, we're also we're also kind of at or above our time, so. Yeah, we are. Um, something we could talk about uh, again in a future podcast. I'm glad I was able to share a little bit about where I am. Uh, you, I don't know if you can see where you where you are right now, but the wallpaper in here, and ultimately probably. Uh, the walls are going to be removed from this room. So the wallpaper isn't going to stand a chance, but the wallpaper are like tiny little flowers. Um, it's just, it's not a, an attractive look actually at all. Uh, so I'm hoping you can't see that. In the, I can see a pattern, but I can't see what kind of pattern it is. Not magic guy. That's for certain. Uh, definitely not magic guy. Oh shit. I miss, I missed some extra comments. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. The same post apartment currently living out is no fee. Well, it is possible that the apartment was advertised with a fee when you moved in and now they're advertising it as no fee because the landlord has agreed to pay their broker fee. Um, but again, so you're going to report somebody because they don't come up in DOS. You may want to touch base with that person. Um, but again, give them a chance to answer the questions first. Don't yeah. just report somebody without them having a chance to defend themselves. Yeah. It's possible that it's legit. And, and if they give you bad answers, then yeah, go ahead and report them, but give them a chance. Let them bury themselves if they really did screw up. Yeah, it's just wild. Like we, we could report it to, you know, like once every year or two for shit. And it, it's like you, it's typically what happened was the person, the consumer did not understand what we were explaining to them. And they're like, oh, like, so here's, I'll give you an example. In Manhattan, it's illegal for a taxi to refuse you service. 
So if a taxi does refuse you service, you can report them. Now, every time you get in a taxi, they play a commercial. It says if you refuse service by a taxi, you can report them. Here's the number. And a taxi code is four digits. It's usually a number, a letter, and then two numbers. So 4T26. What happens is people don't understand that an available taxi, when it's, when it's on the road, the, those numbers, those four digits illuminate. So you see it down the block and 4T26 is lit up and nothing else on the top of that taxi, that is an available taxi. If that taxi slows down next to you and then speeds off, they're probably refusing your service. However, what happens a lot is those digits will not be illuminated and the side digits, which say um, off duty. Now the off duty illumination is about four inches and all those letters off duty, the seven letters plus the space off duty are difficult to read at a distance. So if you're not a regular taxi taker, you may not realize that this is an off duty taxi. Also, if someone's in a taxi, the digits and the off duty are not illuminated. So nothing's illuminated on the top of the taxi unless there's an ad banner on the top, which can be illuminated. So what happens a lot is taxis get reported for refusing service who are occupied or who are off duty. <clears throat> and the issue is people don't understand exactly what's going on in that taxi. They just think that for whatever reason, the taxi slowed down next to them, which maybe they're just- Happens all the time in New York City. People slow down, they hit the brakes um, and then speed off. So a lot of times people just don't know, um, <clears throat> they just don't know the laws and they want to complain because they feel they were done unjustly. Um, but long story short, uh, it's me again, yep, yep, yep. shoot me a DM, shoot me a text. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'd love to hear the details. I'd love to let you know about that agent. We can look them up on the company they work for. <clears throat> At least give them a chance. But my thinking is when you decided to move into the apartment, you accepted that as a deal and you were okay with it. If you weren't okay with it, you wouldn't have signed down and you wouldn't have moved in. So my thinking is at the time you were okay with it, Something's changed subsequent to that, um, but you, you know, you you made that decision. So, so that's that. Um, all right, you got anything else you want to add? No, not really. Um, I'm glad that the people enjoyed the story about the uh, the goat farmer because that's probably my favorite story that one of the partners has told me. And I'm just always entertained by this dude who's a lawyer at parties with other lawyers so you can just imagine the crowd or whatever but like, yeah i'm a goat farmer <laughs> yeah exactly especially in south carolina if you're a farmer versus... no, that was, this was in florida okay well either way if you're a farmer same thing down there if you're a farmer versus an attorney you occupy different circles very much so um so on that note i uh you know, I, I wish everybody a, a good weekend, and I think you should go get some goat meat. If you don't eat a lot of goat meat, it's actually fantastic. Um, and goat cheese is nice, too. Yeah. So on that note, uh, James, I'll catch you later. Yeah, this new time is working pretty well. We'll do Tuesday next week, probably take Thursday off. Thir oh, Thursday Thanksgiving? Yes.
<clears throat> Let's play it by ear. I might have a badass podcast studio set up. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing on, on Thanksgiving yet. I have no plans. I have some ideas, but no, I haven't taken no steps to make them reality. All right. Well, the door is always open. Um, and to the rest of you guys, thank you and congrats. Uh, they're still saying James won this round. I've uh, <laughs> uh, got a comment that says Kuba Lieben. Kuba Lieben. Kuba Lieben. Uh, yeah. I, I'm Kuba out of here. All right, guys. See you later, James. I'll catch you soon. Cheers. All right. Adios. All right. How do we do? What do you think? We swear you to stay in the city, stay in the country, move to the city, move to the country. Uh, if you're moving to the city, though, don't forget, let me know. That's what I do for a living. Uh, but either way, like I said, let me know in the comments what you think. You're a city person, you're a country person. I'm going to know. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.